to the Anthesis Net Zero podcast series. I'm Tobias Parker and I'm here with Alexandre Lemille, who is Managing Director of Anthesis France. We're going to look at the role of the circular economy and circularity in avoiding and reducing carbon and other greenhouse gases as we move towards a net zero economy. Hi, Alexandre. Good to talk with you today. How are you? Hi, Toby. I'm good. Thank you. How about you? I'm good. Thanks. Yes. So I guess the circular economy and circularity is really well known for reducing waste and producing efficiencies within value chains. But it seems that increasingly it's being seen as a way to reduce emissions too from supply chains. Why is this? Well, uh, as you say, I mean, circular economy is about uh, designing waste and pollution out of our system. So basically, uh, in in uh, in in business terms, uh, alongside the supply chain. So to to succeed in that, you need to create local loops all along the supply chain and aim at value creation. How do how do you do that in, from a circular economy standpoint? Is that we we list and we um, we look at all the negative externalities. By negative externalities, I mean uh, let's take the the example of a car. Uh, we need to design out everything that leads to uh, many streams of waste, uh, pollution of, of the air, pollution of the soils, uh, the infrastructure that are needed for the car. Uh, I mean, all of these represent uh, negative externality, the noise and so on. So, and, and, and by designing these negative externalities of a product, you design carbon out of our system. So carbon is part of the equation of everything we can think about within a, within a circular economy. I mean, uh, there, there is the example of River Simple in Cardiff, uh, in the UK, whereby they ask the people of Cardiff, how do you want to move from point A to point B and how far is point A to point B? And they say 30 miles. So they have, and they, are, we, they we don't need more than two seaters and we need uh, not a so powerful car. So they have designed a car whereby the engine, the tires are based on performance contract, meaning if the tires and the engine supplier of this mobility service uh, performs, i.e. Le- use less energy, less carbon, and the tires are made to, to be durable, they will they will get uh, commission back at the end of the at the end of the year for having performed in that sense. So everything is to be about designing things using less energy, less material, therefore emitting less carbon. So in valuing waste, because in in circular economy we don't talk about waste, we we see unused resources. In these unused resources, you have the embedded carbon. And for us, the embedded uh, residual value, where we need to uh, to generate far more value from from what we see we do today. So, so by by designing out these externalities, designing out waste and pollution, we design out carbon from our economies. And uh, and this is yeah, this is this is how you can succeed in getting zero carbon economy is because. The, the more you will move into this regenerative uh, thinking, the lesser cal- carbon will be emitted. So that's very interesting. So it's, it's about using really good holistic design principles in thinking these things through first. 
before you have to start retrospectively addressing emissions? Yes, everything is the is in the design of the product that becomes often a service in circular economy. I mean, in the example of the, the reverse simple uh, hydrogen-based uh, car where the tires are a service, you pay, you pay per miles uh, done. So uh, basically, the, the end result of that mobility service and the question asked to stakeholders around Cardiff could have been anything else but, but a car. It happened that it still looked like a car, but it doesn't matter. In circular economy, we we say we want to move you every day from home to office, to shops, to wherever you need to move around Cardiff, but at net zero carbon and uh, without generating any waste or pollution. So by not generating any waste, that means that everything is made within that car to, to last longer or everything will be uh, taken back later because it's been thinking at the eco-design stage that these components will be used several times in several different lifetimes of uh, of products. So so they will be durable, they will be modular, they will be designed in the next lifetime in mind. So all the carbon that has been used once will be uh, embedded and will be kept uh, through these uh, longevity strategies that we we use in circular economy. Mm. So I guess it's very normal when we talk to people about net zero, the first thing that they think about is renewable energy and energy efficiency. But what you're describing is a is a different approach to or a different element to um, achieving net zero. How, how do you compare um, say, for example, the size of the prize associated with circularity relative to something more traditional like energy efficiency. Well, it's been uh, it's been reported just recently that uh, the through the Ellen MacArthur report that the size of that prize uh, is that half of the carbon battle is through circular economy and plus or minus. I mean. 50% of the carbon, uh, the net zero carbon, can be attained through energy efficiency and renewables, uh, 55% uh, exactly, and 45% through consumption and production patterns, i.e. circular economy. So if you want to win the net zero carbon, uh, you cannot separate energy efficiency, renewables, and circular economy. It has to be all together. And this is the way we will uh, we will succeed in that uh, in that battle. Remember that we need carbon to live on the pl- on planet Earth, and this is just a matter of putting those molecules back in the right place. So so it's how are we going to reorganize them, and we need to use all the strategies to do that. And consumption and production patterns, in the way we think uh, through circular economy, i.e., not emitting carbon because we design waste and pollution out keeping carbon longer in the embedded products, so because we designed for longevity, and using carbon to our benefits, because we, we, we uh, in sequestering carbon in the soils so that we ge- regenerate the soils and we prepare for the foods of tomorrow. So, so all these strategies behind circular economy aims at, at, at your ultimate goal of net zero carbon. Mm. Excellent. And 
just thinking about companies that you see that are successful in introducing circularity into their strategies and let's hope they introduce that thinking into their net zero strategies. Are there any sort of key success factors that you see that they employ? Well, I'm going to use uh, some terms that uh, you you might not be uh, using uh, today in um, in the st- in the strategy of net zero carbon, but but those those companies that are successful, uh, I've told you about reverse simple, but I can tell you about chemical leasing or a, a printer a, a printer in northern France who tell his clients, uh, I'm going to do everything to avoid printing brochures because, i.e., saving trees, i.e., saving the embedded carbon uh, in the trees, and so on and so forth. Uh, why does it do that? Because the printer is saying, uh, you tell me you need 10,000 brochures to be printed uh, this year. Uh, we will place the order on 10,000 brochures, but I will just print the brochures that you need for your companies to, to meet uh, when you meet with your customers. And in fact, at the end of the year, they have only printed 6,000 brochures and the, the 4,000 brochures budget remaining, they split it between the printer and the customer. So. So everybody, it's a win-win situation. You have avoided printed, you have avoided emitting uh, carbon. Same for chemical leasing. Uh, instead of selling chemicals as a product uh, in, uh, in, in volumes, uh, because we are based in a, in a throughput economy where we sell in volumes, uh, tomorrow it will be uh, leased chemical services. So the, the, the expert in chemicals will come and apply the chemicals where it needs to be applied. If it can be reused, they will make sure the chemicals can be reused and you don't end up stocking chemicals in your warehouses and uh, damaging the soils, therefore damaging the cycles, the food cycles, therefore not sequestering the the carbon in the proper way. So the strategies and the the success factors of companies in circular economy, they apply three uh, new thinking, which is symbiosis, regeneration and collaboration. Symbiosis is that every input has uh, leads to an output that can be valued somewhere else. So everything has value. And by saying everything has value, you keep uh, what needs to be extracted in the soil and you recognize that what has been extracted already, that what we put in landfills has value, has sequestered uh, embedded uh, carbon. And these valuable things, we will avoid to landfill them because we can design these modular uh, computers and these modular phone. I have a, I have a fair phone with me, uh, and and all these objects becomes modular, reusable. All these components are, are made to be made again or used to be used again, and all of a sudden we recognize that there is no need for uh, at least less need for extraction. Then the, the second key success factor is regeneration. One input leads to many outputs. With one product, if I offer it as a service or under a performance contract, well, it's the same product that that leads me to many uh, revenues, uh, financial revenues. So I get a lot of many returns from one product. So I don't need to produce in volumes anymore, therefore have a huge impact on carbon. But with one product, if it's it's adaptable, modular, uh, if you can manage the size and uh, if you can use part of that product into different lives. Therefore, you generate several revenues, uh, sources on this on this same product. 
and then collaboration. The challenge is, uh, as we talked about, we talk about net zero carbon economy, which needs to happen anytime soon. But the challenges are, are so big. E even a large, large companies uh, in any sectors, uh, they cannot address these issues by themselves alone in silo as we used to do in, in linear economy. So they need to collaborate because when we are forced, when we have an issue in front of us and when we are taxed or, or when we, we are told that these, these, these are threatening lives and these are issues that uh, needs to be taxed or needs to be avoided, therefore we start to think and we start to innovate. And by innovating in collaboration fashion, we share costs, we share uh, in innovations, and we see the inputs of one, the, 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 the energy flows and the material flows of one company feeding the other company, like we see in symbiosis, industrial symbiosis, and so on. And all of a sudden, shared cost leads to a multitude of tiny revenues that all put all together makes it a very new uh, opportunity for tomorrow. So, so this is very interesting. And these companies have understood how to work uh, in collaborative fashion, how not to compete product to product, because if I, if I make a car, obviously I will compete with the next car manufacturer. But if I make, if I create a mobility service, my mobility service will feed itself by the local fuel or the local uh, energy, green energy. It will, uh, it will run uh, differently and it will not face any competition because it will be made in a collaborative fashion. So all of these new success factors leads to a net zero carbon faster because we produce and we consume and we think differently. That's great. Many thanks for your time, Alexander. We, there's so much in what you've said that would be good to look at more. And certainly we'll be looking at other aspects of innovation and changing business practices through the rest of this Net Zero series. So thank you very much for your time.